0: Bye. Of the Q and A podcast, my name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, my pal Quincy.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, how you doing, man?
0: I'm all right, man. It's a it's a Friday night. It's freezing in Houston, and uh, some might say hell has frozen over. I see what you did there. You see what it did there. Yeah. Some would say hell has frozen over because it's official j.j watt is no longer a member of the houston texans the the greatest defensive player in this franchise's history possibly the greatest player in the fan- franchise's history uh, someone who exploded in this city uh, is is done he asked for his release from the texans and it was granted and it's a new day as a houston yeah. texans fan
1: well, since we're here, let me play the video real quick. Mm-hmm. Play a snippet of it.
0: And this is a video he posted to Twitter this morning.
1: cut it off right there yeah that was uh, <laughs> shocking to to hear this morning yeah so i'll start with you let's start with you your thoughts
0: um it's it's not shocking actually to be honest it's um you know, i guess the timing of it you know it could have been any time that it happens it's going to be shocking initially i guess just because you no one's ever really ready for it to happen, but I mean, it was a long time coming. It's been something that's been brewing. Um, There'd already been rumors, you know, going on that he was, he was looking to get out. Um, Looks like, I mean, everybody's looking to get out of the Houston Texans organization at this point, but um, still, I mean, a a huge loss for the fans. I mean, it's, you know, the last, um, the last like, long-time franchise figure that people can can recognize. I mean, since Andre Johnson, I mean, he, you know, that was the guy that, you know, after Andre, like it really became J.J. Watt's team. And uh, it's just a bad indication of what's going on. I mean, because you knew it was going to, you know, whether he retired or this happened or whatever, it, you know, this day was ultimately bound to happen, was bound to get here. And, the worst part is that, you know, as a fan, you're hoping that, you know, once it does happen, okay, that's life. That's how it goes. Um, but you're always hoping that, okay, well, we got this guy. We've got this guy named Deshaun Watson. Like now it's his team. He's the new face of the franchise. Like, here we go. We're in good hands, but that's not the case. That's far from the case. And, and he's, you know, he's on his way out too, it, it, one way or the other. Um, so it's a, uh, um, it's, a, it's, it's a bad situation all around because it's um, it's just another person jumping ship
1: Yeah, I guess I'd say it's surprising just the way it happened it's not like he chose to retire or they trade mm-hmm. him just the team released him and let him go on his way was shocking um,
0: and he had one year left on his deal
1: well, yeah, had one year left, but it was non-guaranteed money,
0: mm-hmm. which in football
1: is, like, the worst deal you can you play for. You get hurt, they cut you, you're not getting your full check, so.
0: And really, you know, he was on a deal that, uh, I guess, made sense for the team, at least. I mean, he had been hurt for the last few years off and on, and, uh, you know, it's... A defensive end I mean it's not like you're it's not like you're a kicker who can play for 30 years and 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 you know avoid major injuries I mean this guy uh you know is a a, a human uh Wrecking operation all. board <laughs> with all the what? injuries
1: well I thought so too but then I looked at his stats and they don't really seem that eye popping. But when you look at where he ranks in like pro football focus, he was like a top 20 defensive lineman this year. Mm -hmm. The problem is there's no one else on the Texans you need to defend. And on the defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, no no matter where you look, Mm -hmm. J.J. Watt was the defense. So it was easy for teams to double and triple team him and we saw the effects every Sunday where team would just run ragged on the Texans defense. Cause no one else besides J.J. Watt was a threat. Uh, but going back to what I said about his release. Yeah. I, was, I We've talked about this on the podcast and I've talked about it on Twitter offline. I would have traded J.J. Watt d- during last season before the trade deadline when it was obvious mm-hmm. his team wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, and, I mean, that's... that's one thing that pisses me off about this. Is like You could have traded him last year, got maybe a second. Maybe you could have lucked your way into a first-round pick, give you that draft capital that you so desperately need, and instead you just let this guy go away for nothing. And once again, it comes down to ownership. Kyle McNair doesn't know what he's doing. Jack Easter, Easter Bay definitely doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And instead of like turning an asset into another asset, like you should do as the owner or GM of a team, you just let this guy walk for nothing. He still has something left in the tank.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still value that, you know, you could have gotten in. There was still value that, you know, could have netted something in return. And that's that's an interesting thing because it's like everybody, all the reports I've seen, it's like oh, it was it was the right way to, to go about business and stuff. And I mean, I still don't understand that concept because it's like, you know, he's like you said, he still has he still has gas in the tank. You know, he still can go. Um, why wouldn't you try to get something for him? Um, and especially when at a time when. There's very, there's very little goodwill left with this organization. It's like uh, you're, you're blowing things up anyways. Why all of a sudden are you yeah, trying not- to save face with this one guy?
1: Yeah, It's not like this is going to be a more desirable place for free agents. considering everything that's happened within the past two months.
0: Yeah, if anything, it's like if you're a free agent, you're going to look at it like Instead of looking at like, oh, they did business the right way with this guy, it's like, are they insane? Like he's no, only
1: no, no. Your thought when it comes to the Texans should be, are they going to waste my prime like they waste everyone else's? Think about it. JJ Watt. Uh, going, we'll go back a little bit further. Um, Andre Johnson. Uh, what's the name? The running back, uh, Arian Foster.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that has always been. Um, that's been a. I think that's been at the top of of the list for years now, not even before all of this started, even before Deshaun Watson going all the way back. Yeah. You're right. To Andre Johnson and Arian Foster. Um, That's like, that's been the MO of this organization. It's like, we have, we've, we've got these really good players. We've drafted or, or signed as free agents or whatever. And we still find a way to waste their talents. So that, that's always – and I mean, that's happened for years now. I mean, they, hell, you could even say that happened all the way with David Carr. I mean, by not giving him a sufficient offensive line to keep him protected. You know, I mean, it, it's been going on since the jump. But I think, like, after, after you look past that and kind of start to decide, okay, well, maybe it's worth the shot, that should be your next question. Like, what are they doing? because you, can, you could have still gotten something for J.J. Watt. Like, who lets that guy go for nothing? You know, even if it is uh, a second-round pick or, or, you know, something, anything. I mean, at this a point. A
1: second-round pick they don't have.
0: <laughs> right. You're just going to let the guy walk. Like, it just – it doesn't – to it me, just, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: To me, it just signals another failure in ownership, another mm-hmm. failure in, in management. And I don't – like, honestly, I don't see how this team ever gets any better.
0: Like Not with this current organization structure.
1: Like I've said before, Kyle McNair is like um, – what's his name? James Dolan, owner of the Knicks. You get the money and the power from your dad, mm-hmm. and you think you know how to run things. It's blatantly obvious, obvious that neither one of them know how to do anything in their respective sports. And everyone can see it except for them. Yeah, but uh, let's go back to JJ White. What team do you think he um, he's going to? Like, you had to guess. You had to put money on it.
0: Um, perfect scenario, or you know, uh, all financials aside, because really it's going to come down to money. Yes, uh, and you know, obviously the big, the number one team that everybody's talking about, but at the, at present moment, they don't have, apparently they don't have the, you know, the flexibility to go and get them, mm-hmm. but put all that aside because let, let those teams figure that out. Okay. Um, it's money. obviously, the, yeah, it's obviously the Steelers. I mean, both of his brothers play there, you know, they're super close. Um, and uh, they're both, I mean, well, at least TJ White is very good. Um, J.J. Watt still has, again, he still has something in the tank. Um, they're a perennial playoff contender each year, even though they have their own problems, and that it showed. It showed the past couple of years, but they've at least been in the playoffs the past few years, um, and have uh, have the opportunity to advance each year. Um, yeah, I mean all. Complexities aside, it's it's the Steelers, at number one. You think so? Yeah, I think so.
1: My problem with the Steelers is twofold, and it has nothing to do with money. Problem number one, they're in the division with the Ravens and the Browns. Apparently, we gotta count them as good now. Yeah. And then problem number two, it's Ben Roethlisberger. If he's mm-hmm. the starting quarterback, like. How confident do you feel in them making a run at the Super Bowl? Because that's what J.J. is going to be looking for. He wants to finish his career with the ring. Um, Dude has never made it to an AFC conference game, which is wild to say. But, yeah, like, how do you feel about the Steelers' chance of actually winning the Super Bowl in the next, let's say J.J. has two good years left. So next two years, how do you feel about it? Cause personally they're
0: low on my list. That's fair. I mean, yeah, you have an aging quarterback, uh, an aging, immobile quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the offensive side, you know, they still have more weapons than the Texans did. You know, they have a running game. They have at least one, you know, they have a good receiver, uh, if not two decent receivers, which is something we really didn't have most of this time with, with Deshaun Watson. Um,
1: yeah, but you and, saw in the playoffs what happened. Mm-hmm. They had those decent receivers, decent running game, the and Bill, Ben Roosaiberger played like ass and knocked them out.
0: Right. Um, def- defensively, you have to believe that TJ Watt is only going to get better, even though he was already the first if not, you know, second if not best defensive player in football this year. Um so that that's it's a strong defensive front already and you know football again is it's about the coaching staff and i don't think there's a better coaching staff at the moment you know that i don't think there's a better situation you could go to at the moment than mike tomlin you know he's he's a he's a player's coach he's a respected coach um He's a guy who's never had a losing season as a head coach in, what, 10 years now?
1: I understand everything you're saying. Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin is a great coach. There's nothing you can do when your quarterback's arm is falling off the bone like a pork shoulder.
0: Right, but he's, he despite that, he still finds a way to get to the playoffs to I just, uh, I just get positioned. That.
1: But, but if, you're, if, you're bit, if you're a J.J. Watt, getting to the playoffs is not enough. You've had mm-hmm. that with the Texans. You want to win a ring before you retire. I just don't see it. Like I understand with the fa- with the family ties and everything, but I just don't see like the Steelers being good enough to actually get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I have no faith in Ben Roethlisberger. I, maybe it's just me, but I feel like but I think like if you have him playing against the Chiefs or the Ravens, can you count on him to score, you know, 35 to 40 points? I don't I don't think he can do that anymore, even with the weapons around him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously that, I mean, that didn't happen this year. I mean, it it just didn't. Um, Ultimately, you know, it's going to come down to what they do with Ben. Mm -hmm. You know, if if they decide to move on from him and go with the young guy, you know, see what Mason, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph. uh, see what he has to offer. You know, he got that team to eight and eight the year that he had to step in in the middle of the season so it's you know it's not like he's a terrible quarterback um, I mean uh, you know every 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 player's time comes at some point and you know this was Watts time with the Texans has, has come to an end and uh, that could be the same for, for Roethlisberger uh, and Maybe that's what they all need is that fresh start with a new quarterback, with um, a veteran presence on the defensive side. I mean, you know, I think that's the – that's like the sexy pick at this point just because of – again, because of the family ties. But I completely understand what you're saying as well. I mean, you you make a strong case not to join that team.
1: I mean, if you're telling me my two quarterback options are Ben Roethlisberger, who <laughs> fell apart at the end of last season, or Mason Rudolph, who's most famous for getting a helmet upside the head, right? I mean, I'm not feeling confident in my ability to make the Super Bowl with either of those choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, possible- who, who would who would your pick be? Um, I've seen some. Well. Uh, I'm going to get my pick at the end. I'm going to run through a couple of other ones I've seen. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Again, they're in the same cap situation that the um, Steelers are in. Mm-hmm. But that would be the hometown boy going back. And I feel more confident in um, Aaron Rodgers than Ben Roethlisberger. But still, it's an old, aging quarterback.
0: Aging correct? Right? Yes. He's... It sounded like you said
1: Asian. Oh, sorry. Aging. <laughs> I think he's about... How old is he? 36? 37, 37, 37,
0: I believe. 37. Yeah, okay. yeah you, you have faith in, in Rodgers, but... I mean clearly the coach did... MVP. Yeah, but the coach didn't have faith in Rodgers. We just saw that, you know, in that AFC title game, or the NFC title game.
1: Yeah, we're <laughs> That game, I still don't understand how the Packers didn't win that game. That... I mean, they literally had three, what was it, three Tampa Bay uh, interceptions in a row mm-hmm. and only scored like six points off of it. Uh, just, we're going to be wondering about that game forever. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going through the teams right now. Uh, I've seen people online talking about the uh, Cowboys quit it. Just because he loves Texas doesn't mean he's going <laughs> to another Texas team that was just going to waste his time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Buffalo Bills?
0: Huh. That's an interesting situation. I mean, it's it's a good team. It's a young team. Good young quarterback with a cannon of an arm. Mm-hmm. All sorts of weapons on the offensive side. I don't really know much about their defense. It's... Does Mario Williams still play with them? I mean, that's really the extent of, of their defense that I remember was that Mario Williams went, went to Buffalo. Wow. You, you think
1: I don't pay attention. I don't even... right. let's see, defensive line Mario Addison. I'm sorry, I'm just – I don't know. The fact that I don't know me and these guys, I said uh, Trey Davies White plays cornerback. I think he'd be a good addition to that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on, who else does see?
0: I mean, looking at it like that. He, I mean, there know, are
1: two teams that I, I'm looking at right now that have both the cap space and the quarterback that can make a run of the Super Bowl next year. One of them is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And the other, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs>
0: I mean, at this point, that could very well happen. I mean, who didn't go to Tampa this year? Uh, They they seem to, with everybody's, uh, with all the talk of cap flexibility and cap problems and stuff like that. Tampa found a way to sign everybody. Yeah, they made it work. Yeah. So if anybody can do it, it's, it's obviously Tampa. I don't
1: know. I keep looking at Baltimore. I
0: feel like that's the team. Yeah, I mean, good young quarterback um, who has his own issues as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still young. I mean, he can still he can still get it done. I mean, he still has time to work on those problems and fix those problems and, and continue to develop. Um, and, again, it's a really good coaching staff. I mean, uh, John Harbaugh, I believe, right? What's the coach? One of the Harbaugh's. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, that Harbaugh coach. I mean, that Harbaugh coaching staff is the always – Harbaugh, fella. It's good year in and year out. You know, they're, they're good enough to get the playoffs. Um, neck and neck with the Steelers for the, the division. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's not a bad pick either.
1: So, so who would you pick? Like if you again, if you had to put money on it, who would you pick?
0: Hmm. Honestly, I, I mean, I think Tampa. I think that's they're they're the flavor of the month at this point. You know, they're the ones that find a way to 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 fit these guys on the roster, and they just did it this yeah. year with. Brady and Gronkowski and St. Pierre, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Dominican Sue and Antonio Brown. I mean, it was finally a, an island of misfit toys that that worked. Okay. Ooh.
1: Sorry, I'm on the Athletic right now. I'm looking at an article by Mike Sando. He wrote, basically made a list of the teams that beam uh that would need what the most and that would make the most sense for him to go through. You, ready? you mm-hmm. want to go one through 10? Sure. All right. I'll start with 10 Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're trying to win, do you, how, how com- comfortable do you feel relying on Derek Carr?
0: So let's do from scale of one to 10. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the quarterback?
1: Oh, okay. Scale of one to ten by the quarterback, maybe
0: five. I think that's right
1: on the nose. All right, so all right, no,
0: because no, he not. he he has either played. He's one of those inconsistent inconsistent guys that has played like an MVP quarterback, or has played like a, how did this guy even get a job?
1: Yeah, he I, did that. He had that one amazing year. Then he mm-hmm. broke his leg, and right before the playoffs, and he has never he hasn't reached that level since. So right. Right. and ever right.
0: since then it's just been inconsistent
1: yep yeah, so I don't trust them moving on to, uh, number nine Tennessee Titans
0: oh boy that, that's a that's a big slap in the face to the Texans if, if he goes there uh, but again it's a good team they could definitely use him mm-hmm.
1: I feel better about Tannehill yeah Tannehill's probably on that list about a 6-7 yeah, right, moving on. Seven. Team number eight, Seattle Seahawks.
0: and see, so they have they have their own problems right now. I mean, yeah, they, Wilson might force his way. It, it's sounding more and more like Wilson is looking to get out. So,
1: I don't yeah. know if you want
0: to go to that situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I made the joke for years now. His offensive line is just five guys they pick up at Home Depot every week. <laughs> um but he's up there. He's probably – he's a 10. I trust
0: him say He's The a quarterback man. himself, yes. Yeah. The team, I might go five.
1: Going up. In fact, these next couple of teams are all 10 on the quarterback scale. Number seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 10. 10. Uh, we already talked about them. Six, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wants to win. There's a team to go to. They already mm-hmm. got two defensive linemen. Frank Clark and Chris Jones earning more than $20 million per year. So I don't know how, how they do it financially, but if he wanted to go there, they'd make some moves. Uh, number five, the
0: Los Angeles Rams. I see Stafford. I would rank him at maybe a six.
1: True, I forgot who the quarterback was. Thank you for reminding me.
0: Yeah, he just got traded. Yeah, to to Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, but that uh, defense—Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If if they were to make that happen, I think that would take a lot of pressure off Stafford. Yeah,
1: and Stafford, Stafford's probably five six, in that mm-hmm. one ten scale. Uh, so yeah, that'd be a nice fit. Uh, number four, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I know people are down on um, Lamar. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. But I still, I'm still fairly confident. I I got him at an eight. He's still at an
0: eight at this Mm -hmm. point. Mm
1: -hmm. But yeah, Uh, team number three we spoke of Buffalo Bills. Jared Allen uh, seven.
0: I he's at a nine. I mean, if 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 Brady and Mahomes are, if your confidence level in them is at a ten and your confidence level in Lamar Jackson is at eight, I think Allen right now is right in between there at nine.
1: Oh, really? Because I trust Lamar – I trust Jackson more than Allen.
0: Yeah, I'm still going to go over Allen right now. I mean, he he beat Lamar last year, last season, right? I believe so. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, only one of them has the MVP. That's all I'm saying. That's true, too. All right. Team number two, we spoke of earlier, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I already told you how I feel about Roethlisberger.
0: So he's more like a three or four confidence mm-hmm. level.
1: And then team number one, the Green Bay Packers. That's a 10,
0: of course. Yeah.
1: So Unless you're the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Then you-, you just have oh, Did I miss something in that game? cuz I didn't yeah. feel like the head coach and I just feel like whatever they did didn't work. Their de- the Tampa Bay's defense was too damn good.
0: Well, the, the big issue in that game was it was like 4th and 6 in the within the tw- like in the red zone and instead of uh, letting Rodgers go for it on 4th down, they kicked the field goal and gave Tampa the ball back with 2 minutes to go. And, and yeah, I mean, it was well.
1: Now, Tampa Bay's defense was whooping their ass that entire game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you give up, like I said earlier, you give up back to back to back interceptions, and the team with the MVP can only score six points off of that. Like, you got, to, uh, like, I can't give that to the coach. I got to tip my ad to Tampa Bay's defense for, for keeping them out of the end zone that entire time.
0: Sure, but if you have that quarterback, you don't go for it on fourth down because you're already down by, I think, ten at that point.
1: I probably go for it, but I don't know why everybody just assumes that they get it. <laughs> like I said, Tampa Bay's defense, defense right. play excellent in that game, so I don't understand why, like, you go for it, but I don't know why everybody's just assuming that they get it.
0: No, I don't. I don't. <clears throat> that's not my assumption at all i just i like the idea of of rogers going for it you know if he's this great if he if he's at a 10 confidence level then we should give him you know the the opportunity or he should have been given the opportunity to at least try and if he fails then you know he fails and that's that's that but
1: yeah 10 confidence level but like i said earlier we get three turnovers in a row, and you can't even get in the end zone. My confidence would be a little shot. but sure. Yeah, so I don't list who you picking.
0: Who you betting on? Hmm. Man, I kind of like that Tennessee pick, mm-hmm. but again, that would that would, if he went to Tennessee, that would just be that would be a huge indication that there are way more problems that are. Than, that are being led on to, within the organization. Um, But again, if I had to pick one of those teams, I would probably say Tampa. Just because that's where all the aging veterans are going to (laughs) at this point anyways.
1: Uh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I mean, it's... If you're in the JJ Watt business, you still have at least two, maybe three more good years left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you're obviously not playing to be a defensive player of the year, um, but you still have enough to contribute. And it's a good situation to be in. He's got plenty of options, and those ten teams that you listed are—it's not—they're not bad places to be in at this point. The exception, maybe, like Oakland and. Uh, at least Oakland and LA. That that would be kind of uh, hmm. those would be towards the you know, those would be kind of last last resort choices, but I, I don't know that LA team, That's that's a compelling argument with that defense. It's an interesting look.
1: Yes, sir. All right. So Going back to what we originally were going to talk about before this manna from heaven just fell down to our laps, (laughs) Uh, UFC 258 is this weekend. That's right. And we're going to talk about the main card. And when I say we, I mean Anthony. (laughs) So, well, yeah, they're taking away. It's all yours.
0: We're back with the, yeah, UFC 258. from Las Vegas again, and the main event is highlighted by the uh, with the welterweight, one hundred and seventy pound title, on the line. Uh, the defending champion Kamara Usman is fighting the number one contender for the title, Gilbert Burns from Brazil. Um, that's a great main event to have for any pay per view. Um, the rest of the card, the rest of the main card is um, it's good. It's it's not the greatest on paper, um, but a lot of times these cards surprise people, and you you get some wild fights sometimes because it's it's a chance for um, lesser known fighters to step up and make a name for themselves, especially on pay per view. So uh, I'm going to start with the. The first two fights of the night, um, mm-hmm. middleweight 185 pounds, uh, Maki Patolo versus Julian Marquez, and uh, featherweight bout 145 pounds, Ricky Simone and Brian Kelleher. They.
1: Pretty Ricky is what they
0: call them. Yeah. Um, both should be good fights. I've seen Ricky Simone and Brian Kelleher fight before. Um, they put on really good shows. I'm not too familiar with uh, Patolo and Marquez, but. Um, again, it's a, a chance for these guys to, to really shine and to really open some eyes to even hardcore fans who might not be familiar with them as well. Uh, so those two fights should be pretty good. Uh, the third fight is Kelvin Gastelum, who's making his return, the ninth ranked middleweight, 185 pounds against Ian Heinisch, who's uh, currently ranked 15. Should be a good fight. Gastelum is coming off, a, uh, I think, a year long suspension, I believe for marijuana um which is just insane to begin with but that's a whole other can of worms uh, and heidish has been like he he was making a run last year or maybe 2019 where he was on a win streak and then he kind of i think he had one loss and he's kind of he's kind of going back and forth but he um he's really good fighter really tough guy big guy for 185 pounds um and this would obviously be the biggest win of his career because Gastelum um, is a really well-known wrestler, um, a guy who used to fight at 170, at 170 pounds, but missed weight constantly, um, even though he's not a very big guy. Um, he was told, you know, you're missing weight too much. You have to move up to 185 pounds, even though you are undersized for that division. But um, since then, his wrestling has... has uh, Really shined. Uh, he's made weight all these fights, and he's looked good. You know, he's he's fought for a, an interim world title. He fought uh, Israel Adesanya, I believe, in twenty eighteen, in which was one of the best fights of, of all time for the for the interim middleweight title, uh, and took it to Adesanya. I mean, showed he was he he deserved to to fight for a title at that time. Um, He's knocked out Michael Bisbing, who's a, a legend. Um, it, but really, the it, you know, obviously, whatever this—I um, think it was a marijuana issue that he got he tested positive for, or something like that. That and you know his um, well-documented uh, fights on the scale have uh, really been the only things that have kind of gotten in his way to really being a, a, a consistent top contender. Because um, he's fallen all the, all the way down to ninth ranked uh, in the division. So it should be a really good fight. Um, it's, a, it's a needed win for both guys. Then you've got the <clears throat> co-main event, which is the women's 125-pound flyweight division between number 10, Macy Barber, and number 15, Alexa Grasso. Uh, both are young. This is, this is one of those fights where if they continue, to uh, if they continue to progress like they're expected to, these two could be fighting for a title in three to five years. I mean, this this is a a future potential title fight. Um, mm-hmm. Barber is actually returning after a year-long layoff. She tore her ACL, Ooh. I believe, in 2019 during a fight. She fought with it. She tore the ACL like in the second round of, of a fight um, where she was. She had a lot of hype going into that fight, um, going into that year, and blew out her knee during the fight, got beat up, and has been out ever since. Alexa Grasso is another one that's um, – yeah, there's there's a lot of potential and a lot of hype behind her as well. So uh, it's going to be a really good fight between them. And I think it's – again, it's something that in three to five years – with the right progression, um, these are two women that could be facing each other again for a title at some sometime down the line. I mean, they're that good and, and they're, uh, there's a lot of potential between the both of them. So it leads us to the main event, which is, uh, again, Kamar Usman, the champion, fighting Gilbert Burns, the number one contender. This fight was supposed to happen last summer or fall, um, but Burns caught the Rona, he got COVID and so the fight got pushed back um, and Usman at the time, on six days notice uh, fought Jorge Masvidal, defended his title uh, in Abu Dhabi because he wanted to, you know, he, you know, the fight got canceled on six, you know, uh, six days before it was, you know, scheduled to happen so he wanted to fight still and, and it was a, a good chance for for Masvidal to fight for title because he had a lot of momentum going in, going into that fight. But, um, oftentimes it just, it's a, it's a wonderful story when it happens, when the, when the fan favorite takes a fight on six days notice and, and wins the title. I mean, it's, it's one of the greater stories that can happen in any kind of sport. Um, but oftentimes doesn't happen. And it was just, you know, that was the case this time as usual. Um, and so it just really, it really solidified that this fight needed needs to happen. Burns is ranked number one, he's been on a, on a tear, he's been knocking guys out. Uh, Usman is a wrestler, a, a really great wrestler who has power. Um, and this is a big challenge for him. Burns again is uh, a year older than him, I think 34 years old. Uh, Fighting for his first title is a world champion uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, fighter who's won uh, multiple world titles uh, over the past 10 years in Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Um, and for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter, has a ton of power himself. You know, it's not just take the guy down and ragdoll him and choke him out. This guy can put you to sleep. Um, and he is explosive he's huge for 180 170 pounds he could very well fight at 185 pounds uh, this is a huge test for Usman and i'm really excited for this fight because you hope that you know both come out swinging and uh, it's 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 it should be a game of inches in this in this fight all
1: right so give us some, some winners, boy.
0: Ooh, man. This is where I'm never good. I'm. Never, I can talk about fights all the time, but when it comes to actually picking the winners and stuff, um, um, usually my record isn't. It's not championship material. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my history of picking fights, but um, for the main event, man. Usman's a big favorite in this fight. Uh, I don't know how to read the odds. He's a minus 278 favorite, Uh, and Burns is a plus 220 underdog. Uh, How big of a discrepancy is that in betting terms? It's a nice bet.
1: Like, Like Usman's a heavy favorite here. Mm -hmm.
0: Because it's a, what, a 58-point difference?
1: Sure, I'm sorry. The numbers that you have are different than the ones I. Have.
0: That's oh, okay, I mean, okay. Yeah, I got two seventy and two ten. Okay, Nevada. gotcha. Well, let's let's go with those odds. Let's let's round those. No, no, odds, no. no. You guess.
1: can see you. Let's stay with what you have. I don't.
0: Know. i don't want um, to be confused, but yeah. So it's it's because of the sixty point difference or fifty something point difference. Well,
1: whenever Vegas makes these odds so they get equal, equal gambling on both sides. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is more people have been are betting heavily on Usman, so they juice up Burns' odds a little bit. But yeah, Usman is the is heavy favorite going into this match.
0: And I can see that for two reasons. Uh, one, he's the champion, maybe three, I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, two, this is Burns' first time fighting for a title. You don't know how he's going to... Uh, Handle the pressure of, of, you know, the biggest fight of his career, and three, you know, he. He's uh, I mean he since recovered but he he had COVID last year, um, you don't know how that's affecting him how that will affect him long term, uh, and because of COVID he's been less active than than Usman Usman fought twice last year, and Burns only fought once he only fought once so. Um and that was early in 2020. So uh you know the uh, inactivity, you know, that's always gonna be a fa- for some fighters it's it's a factor. We saw we saw that with Conor McGregor last month. Uh, he'd been he hadn't fought in two years and it showed. Um so uh it, it all depends on Burns' mindset because there's a lot of fighters who don't believe in ring rest. Uh, is is Burns one of those guys where he, he can take a you know six to nine month layoff like that and get back in the cage and fight like he just fought you know a month ago you know who, who knows um, so that's why I mean I understand those odds in that regard like why he would be such, why Usman would be such a favorite um, and be, and because of those reasons it's hard not to pick Usman I think you got to go with the champ in this fight. Um, as looking at it from there, but man, it would be pretty awesome to see see Burns uh, get that that first um, get that first title. Uh, but if, if Usman wins, then it really solidifies him as the best welterweight, um, if uh, second, if not best welterweight in, in UFC history, uh, because the, I mean he, he's beaten everybody. That's been put in front of him, and uh, there's never been an easy fight for him. Okay, is that the only
1: one you're picking tonight?
0: Um, I'll pick the Gastelum and Hynish fight because I've seen them. I've seen them fight more than I've seen the other fighters. Um, again, Macy Barber is coming off a, a year-long layoff from an ACL injury. Um, I haven't seen too many of Grasso's fights. She's been on the undercards, uh, prelims, uh, most of the time that she's uh, been in the UFC. But, you know, this is, this is a big, I mean, the co-main event of a, of a pay-per-view, that's a huge spot to be in, which just shows the progression that she's made. Um, so I really can't call this fight, and it looks like the odds are pretty close. So it could go either way. I, I, I see why Grasso is a favorite just because she's been more active, again, uh she's not, you know, coming off a knee injury, a major knee injury. Uh, so the Gastelum-Heinisch fight, again, Gastelum's, Gastelum has been gone for a long time, but he's, he's a veteran. He knows how to, uh, you know, he's been through some really tough fights. Uh, he knows that cage better than most, uh, on this card at least. So, yeah. Um, and this is a big step up in competition for Heinisch, mm-hmm. so I can see why he's the the underdog in this fight. But I, you know what, I'm I'm I think I'm going to go with with Heinisch because uh, because he's been more active, uh, because he's uh, he he is you're hoping that he's on the on the rise um, as establishing himself as a, as a new contender in the 185 pound division. Um, and, you know, again, Gastelum's been been out for a while, so I could see Heinisch winning this fight, even though he is the underdog, which makes sense just because he's he's not as experienced as Gastelum, Uh Even though Heinisch has had some, you know, he's he's not a rookie by any means, but mm-hmm. um, Gastelum has just been in bigger fights than he has, which, you know, it, it makes it easier to, to make him the favorite. But this could be one of those... Uh, Moments where, you know, it's just kind of like a changing of the guard. Um, and if you're a betting, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a betting person, then uh, it's not a bad bet. To, it's not, it's not a horrible bet to, to place on Heinish because, you know, you can make yourself some money.
1: Okay. So we got Heinish and Uzwan. That's the parlay
0: that we're picking tonight. And uh, Simone and Kelleher, that's a huge difference in uh, odds. I'm seeing 286 for Simone, 222 for Kelleher. I'm not sure what you see.
1: I don't even see what that match is. I'm sorry. Uh, Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: That's about what I see you do, (laughs) yeah. That's way up here on my my match list. I don't know why. So usually they have them separated by, um, you know, the prelims, main card. I mean, the main cards at the bottom, everything else at the top. I don't know why that one's so far up, mm-hmm. but I'm sick with the one, the Usman and who was the other guy, Heinisch.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's um, yeah, I could I could see Heinisch. It'd be interesting because Heinish has, Heinisch is a big guy for 185 pounds. He's got plenty of power. Um, but Gaston's fought these big guys at one hundred and eighty-five. Um, he, he's a, a great wrestler, um, so it's it's going to make for a very interesting fight.
1: Yes, sir. All right. We're good, good. I can't wait to see the uh, Twitter videos tomorrow because I'm not paying ninety. Why are UFC pay per <laughs> views so expensive?
0: I ask no, you this every time. It's seventy dollars, not ninety.
1: I just went on ESPN Plus and went to go see how much it was to purchase it, and it came up with eighty nine dollars.
0: Oh, because they give you, they will offer you like a a year subscription to ESPN Plus. Let me go look
1: again. Like I already have ESPN Plus. I don't know why we'd be doing that. Yeah, so I got the whole button.
0: Yeah, the UFC 258 and the Disney bundle. Oh, okay. It looks like.
1: Then my ESPN plus is messing up because I got it. I got the whole Disney bundle. All right. That's good. Good, good, good. Anything else, man?
0: Um, no, next, next month's pay-per-view is going to be huge. I mean, there's going to be three title fights Ooh. on that card. Uh, so right. that'll be one we can talk about later. But... Um, but right now, the this weekend, it's it's gonna be a good night of fights. All right, man.
1: Yeah. I hope you enjoy. It. Hope all our box our sorry MMA enthusiasts
0: out there enjoy it. Um, oh. and I encourage you, you De Quincy, everybody out there, I encourage you to watch the prelims on ESPN at seven. I mean, you a lot of times there's oftentimes there's really good fights. As long as they're um, free, I'll be there. Yeah, it's free. Why
1: not? Speaking my language. Um, Before we leave, we got to do some business because we really just kind of jumped in the podcast today. You can find us on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Sounds good. Yeah, all good. Um, All right. So wrap up this podcast. Next one will be... um, wandavision episode six Mm -hmm. this episode i saw it. you haven't i i'll tell people uh whenever i get up on friday uh right before i go to work i download the latest episode to my phone so i can watch it at work uh, during like my lunch uh lunch break so i don't get hit with any spoilers on social media And so, episode uh, six—it's a good episode. It's more of a building episode to what's going to come in seven, eight, and nine. Okay. So there's—it's not. I'm trying to—I don't think there was anything like really outlandish, but it's you. At the end, you're going to be like, "Oh, we're basically we've been saying this whole thing. Oh, this is a problem."
0: Mm. Does it run slow?
1: um not to me I'm not sure if you would uh the opening is very even Stevens
0: okay yeah
1: and it doesn't run slow to be but um i I know you you've had your issues with the show so you might have you might feel different
0: so I should probably sit up and watch it lay in bed okay
1: <laughs> okay I would say yes
0: not oh, that'll work I'll I'll be tuning in soon. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, go cool. on. So we can record and talk about that this weekend.
0: And um, that's it.
1: As always, guys, uh, thank you for listening. If you could, give us a review. Five stars would be preferable. You don't give us five stars. We just believe you're a hater. <laughs> and Anthony, thanks for being here. Um, late night. But I uh, appreciate you coming through in the clutch, man.
0: Always, always fun, man. Always enjoy it. And right. uh, everybody stay safe in Houston, Texas, wherever you're dealing with blizzards and inclement weather.
1: Yeah, I looked at my app earlier today. It says Tuesday is going to be 10 degrees.
0: <laughs> I was not if I have big... enough blankets.
1: Hey, at least you get to stay home. I got to go to work. Yeah, that's true. Oof, yeah. Man. So sick. so um, for all you out there, say a prayer for your boy because it's gonna be wild. Uh, no freeway driving Monday, and Tuesday, man. All surface streets, and if I come in late. Y'all just gonna have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Make sure you, if you have to leave ten minutes early, do it, man. Don't don't get on the highway. Yeah.
1: All right. So we'll be back recording Wandavision this weekend. Get that out to you guys on Monday and. Like always, thanks for listening. That's all we can say. And uh, we'll see you next time around. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.